Welcome to a special edition of the InsuranceAUM.com podcast. My name is Stuart Foley and I'm your host. And I'm joined by a good friend, a personal friend named Amy Carthizer. Amy, thanks for being on. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for doing this special podcast with us, Stuart. It's really important because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And one of our corporate commitments is that we are we are going to dedicate some of our podcasts to mental health awareness. And you and I are friends because of my wife, right? Mm-hmm. We, that's how we met is you were friends with my wife and then we became friends, Yeah. right? And we didn't know, we have that commonality, but we didn't know until much later that we have another commonality. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I believe it to be true that our commonality, we've been, I went to your wedding. I mean, we've been friends for quite a while. Yeah. And our commonality, at least from my standpoint, it didn't almost come out until last fall while yeah. we ha- I had an event. So I started a charity and we launched it during COVID. So I'd call it a soft launch, a very, very soft launch. It happened online and it was just me talking about it. But we were able to pull off a soiree last fall. And of course, I invited you and your lovely wife to come. And our charity is based, it's called Under the Same Sky. And the mission is about normalizing the conversation around mental illness. And it's also to raise funds for those who are survivors of suicide. So you and your wife were wonderful to join us at our last minute soiree that we put together kind of during the Delta variant, we were, was it on, was it off, was it on, it was off, and then we were like, it's on. Amy, nobody, nobody soirees like you. Let's just be <laughs> honest. This is not your wow. average soiree. This was a very good soiree. I thought it was, you know, I appreciate that. And I'm going to take that compliment, not only because it was planned in like five or six weeks, but also I thought it was a really great event. We had an amazing turnout for the short time that we planned it in on a Friday in September. We had 165 people come and we raised just under $100,000. See, that's the thing, right? So here's our commonality. Yeah, here we go. I haven't even gotten there Our commonality is someone in our family died by suicide, Yeah. right? For you, it was your brother. Correct. For me, it was my stepdad and my grandfather, both, and my great aunt, which is interesting when your doctor says, any medical history in your family? They typically mean heart disease, but it is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And here's what sets you apart from me. I haven't done anything close to what you've done. You have done such a great job in putting together a charity largely alone and having a you know a hundred thousand dollar fundraise in your first event is remarkable and you've put together a board of directors of people who are really terrific and you now have this charity called under the same sky that you know i'd love for you to talk a little bit more about sure and you know, what the audience, you know, what I was alluding to earlier, but I rambled on too much to get to the point, was that you didn't tell me until the night of the event when you were a guest 
you told me your story about your father and your grandfather and your aunt. And I did not know that about you. And I thought that was a a wow moment for me to have known you all these years and not have known that part about you. So I appreciate you coming and having the courage to talk to me about it too. I always love when people can open up and they feel comfortable opening up to me. But I started this charity. Really, it was kind of slow coming. My brother died by suicide and it was really a moment in my life. I was kind of always a stand back and watch kind of person. More, I'd call myself a periphery person. But somewhere I found my voice after my brother died. How long ago was it, Amy? 2014. So are we at seven or eight years now? And it feels, I mean, it feels like yesterday. I can relive that moment and all that first year afterwards Hmm. over and over and over. Yeah. But that was a really defining moment in my life and kind of changed my trajectory, I'd say a lot. And my goal became that I never want anyone to experience the pain and grief that my family went through after my brother had died. It was the most shattering, tragic death I could ever imagine experiencing. And if I could save one family and one life, I would do anything to do that. So it took a few years to get my charity off the ground. And it started with, you know, different pop-up shops. I would, I'm an interior designer. So I would sell things from my travels to raise money for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And then those became so successful. I thought, well, why don't I start my own charity and start raising money for a specific area of American Foundation for Suicide Prevention that I thought could really help survivors of suicide because they they did have a program for it, but I didn't even know about it. And I had I did all their walks. I went to their ball in New York. Like I really am a huge and still am one of their biggest fans and a huge supporter. But suicide, as you know, is a very different kind of death. And it leaves survivors riddled with guilt. That's number one. The woulda, coulda, shouldas pieces to a puzzle you'll never put together. The other two, the the second point is it's extremely isolating for those who have lost someone to suicide. People don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. So instead of approaching you and talking about it, they back away. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, it's understandable, right? I mean, because it's so uncomfortable. I mean, I'm sure people listen to this podcast go, what in the hell is he talking about? But it's important, right? And and here's something I learned from you. I'm not even sure you knew that you taught me this, but I always said committed suicide. And that term indicates that there's some sort of a crime involved, right? right? And, right. The, and the thing that you taught me was that the phrase is death by suicide. There is no law breaking that goes on there, right? Right, right, right. I thought that, I mean, I learned I learned about that. I commend you. I mean, you've done so much more. I mean, and, you know, you mentioned the walks. You mentioned going to the wall in New York. Can you talk a little bit about how big of a hill was initiating or founding a charity How big of a hill is that to climb? You know, I, well, as I mentioned earlier, I am an interior designer, so I own my own business. And 
I will tell you starting a charity is owning your own business. I, I pretty much, I own two businesses right now and it's a lot of work and it takes a big commitment. And so you've got to have a passion for the cause. And I clearly have a passion for it and it means the world to me. And this will be like, if I'm ever going to retire from my day job, this will be my day job. Like I'm just so committed to it, but you, I mean, there's a lot of paperwork. You're getting attorneys involved. It's people made it sound like, well, oh, you just go get a 501c3 and then you're done. Right. And it's not that simple. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. there's a right. lot of work. And then what we wanted to do was be a supporting organization of AFSP. It was very important for us. We think they're doing a fabulous job, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. We didn't want to reinvent the wheel but we wanted to support their endeavors and specifically their area is healing conversations. And this provides people who are survivors of suicide with that first conversation. So you actually have someone who is also a survivor of suicide, who understands what you're going through, who understands how tragic this death is and all of the emotion and the guilt that you're feeling and our goal is to enhance this program. Like I said, I didn't even realize that they had this program as much of a supporter I was and am of American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And I want to grow that. And so I want to grow it in the sense that we've got more people so that more people who are survivors always have someone to call into, that it's not just a one-time phone call, that it could be a middle of the night phone call. It could be seven years. I mean, I'm seven, eight years down the road and I could still use a phone call that you've got someone to always connect with to help see you through. You know, I always said if Mark had died by any other cause, if he had died by cancer, if he had, you know, died by heart disease People would have asked me, oh my gosh, what kind of cancer did he have? How long did he suffer? Was he in pain? No one asked that of a mental illness. He was clearly in pain, but that's not a question I get. You know, he was clearly suffering, but no one asked about that. So again, you're internalizing all of this and you're internalizing that your loved one was in so much pain and maybe you didn't know about it. That was our case. We had no idea. He hid it from everybody and he pretended it's okay. Everything was okay. And what we're preaching is it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Like, and let people know that. So survivors, again, we're raising money so that they have someone to talk to because they don't always have that channel. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll throw a couple of things out here. The name of your business is Amy Carthizer Design, right? Correct. Now, I know you're busier than you could possibly get, but just hypothetically speaking, do you have a site? Do you have a website? For the design business? Yeah. Yes. It's amycarthizerdesign.com. How do you spell Carthizer? It's K-A-R-T as in Tom, H-E-I-S as in Sam, E-R, and then it's design, no S at the end. Nice. AmyCarthizerDesign.com. And you do, you got good taste. I'll say oh, you have good taste. It's good. You know, my mom was a designer, so I actually worked with her. She was kind of my school, actually. So my brothers are both artists. Like, I think we just kind of have a creativity chip in our, our family. That's and fantastic. It's a great outlet for me. And I'm blessed with great clients. So a couple of things 
I think you know this, but I put out a video about living yeah. with mental illness and it got, I don't know, something on the order of 7,500 views, right? So it's very public information. Yeah. The morning that I hit the post button on that and that afternoon went out and got a tattoo. Actually, I got two. Yeah. And the second one I got, I got a huge semicolon on my forearm. And you have that tattoo. You don't well, have I don't a, have the semicolon. Oh you, oh, you don't. You have the heart. No, you have a heart. I do have a tattoo. I got the year after my brother Mark had died with my siblings. Yeah. We, I've never had a tattoo and people like can't believe I have one, but it was important to us. Yeah. And I mean, the semicolon, if you know what it is, the semicolon tattoo is symbolizes suicide prevention, right? Mm -hmm. And then I just had tattooed on my arm 988, which is the uh, in, in giant letters that look yeah. like somebody spray painted on me. And 988 is the national suicide hotline number that goes into effect in July, right? Yeah. And then you hear things like May being a mental health awareness month. I do think that while people are uncomfortable with the conversation, it's less so, right? By these efforts. Yeah. And and I said to you that night, I think one of the ways that we can be helpful to you and what you're trying to do is raise awareness through this podcast. So you're also interested in taking on corporate partnerships for Under the Same Sky, the charity that you founded, right? Yeah. Most of our listeners work for major corporations. Can you say anything about that or is that still in the planning stage? Well, we're, we're almost done with the planning, but it is a very important part of our mission getting off the ground this year. I mean, we need corporate sponsors for many reasons. You know, funding, I'm not going to lie, Love to say it wasn't important, but it's one of the most important things. We can't build out this infrastructure for these survivors of suicide without getting special funding. You know, I, I think particularly now, like you said, we are definitely better than we were eight years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, as far as talking out about mental illness and suicide I mean, we read about it in the news daily. The, the newscasters, the newspapers aren't hiding it anymore. They're actually, you know, printing it. And mental health, due to the pandemic, we don't even know the numbers Absolutely. that are going to come out of this pandemic. And I feel like daily, and this is not, I'm not making this up for the podcast, no exaggeration. I got two texts this morning of people who said, can I have my friend call you? They lost their son. My other friend just texted me. Can I have so-and-so from high school? I don't want to give out names. Call you. He just lost his 19-year-old son last night. Like, this is an occurrence that is happening. None of us are going to go untouched from it. So from a corporate standpoint, you know, I think it would speak volumes to these corporations to align themselves with a philanthropy and an organization that is really taking this initiative head on. It would speak volumes to the people who work for their corporation and letting them know that this cause is important to them. And therefore, you know, it's important to them to take care of their people and that their people feel like they're in a safe atmosphere that they can say to their, you know, next in line, their boss, their boss's boss, like, hey, I'm feeling a little off. I'm not myself. You know, I feel like I need some time away 
or does our insurance offer any type of therapy? Or would you mind if I left an hour once a week to go into a therapy session? My mental health is at stake. You know, so I think it would speak volumes to corporations that want to get involved, that they care about this issue, which again, I think we are just at the beginning of what this pandemic has been causing people, the isolation, the, you know, people get stories in their heads when they're home alone. And so that's how I feel about corporate sponsorship. The thing that amazes me is your strength. I can hear it when you talk. I mean, you have a, such a tremendous amount of energy and strength in your voice when you talk about this issue. I mean, you have put yourself out there. Not only are you publicly talking about your brother's death, but people are texting you about other suicides that are, I mean, that is heavy, heavy stuff. And you have tremendous strength and you're doing a lot of good for a lot of people. I know that, uh, you know, nobody wants to talk about it and whatever else, but you do. And you do so eloquently and passionately. I know this isn't your job to say necessarily you're not a professional psychologist or whatever, but one of the things that I found that I simply would not allow myself to do is to sit around and wonder why. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was maddening. Mm-hmm. Have you ever felt that way? And how have you dealt with it? The whys as to my why, brother why, Mark died. Why Mark died. Yeah. Right? Why Mark took his own life. I mean, I wondered that about, I mean, my grandfather was sick, right? Physically sick. Okay. I, I don't know. My stepdad, no idea. Yeah. I just wondered, did that ever occur to you? Or oh, did, I mean, I'm sure it occurs to you, but daily. Yeah. I mean, it still does. I mean, I, I had someone ask me like, at what point do you come to peace with it? And I said, I don't know because I haven't experienced it yet. I'm eight years in and I'm not at, I'm at peace that he's at peace. That made me sad to think every night he went to bed depressed, anxious. Like I can only imagine what was going on in his head when he tried to go to bed at night because he hid it from everyone all day long. But I don't know that I'll ever come to terms that maybe I could have helped him or someone else could have helped him. The way that I have to deal with it, because you have to deal with it. If you don't deal with it, it's going to stay inside of you. If you don't find an outlet, it it will just bounce around inside your body and it's going to come out in different ways and maybe very negative ways for you. So my way of dealing with it was actually to get out of my head and to put in my AirPods and go for a long walk. And that's your sure. walk and talk challenge. That's my walk and talk. I almost Hashtag forgot walk this. Walk and talk challenge. All right, you people, so, you podcast listeners. Yeah. This so you, it's on. It's on for it's, you people. It's, listen, it's listen carefully to this challenge because yeah. I'm personally challenging all of you. So, Amy, what's the challenge? So our walk and talk challenge, it's part of our charity. And like I said, the way that I got through Mark and still get through it, I do it every day. I am religious about getting out there and walking. I believe in motion. I believe in fresh air. I believe in, you know, whether you're 
releasing stuff from the inside by just being outside. You've got your AirPods on. Maybe you're thinking through things yourself. You're grabbing a friend who maybe you need to talk to, or maybe you have a friend who has been experiencing some type of mental illness who needs you. Or maybe you've got a friend across country and go for a walk and jump on the phone with them and check in with them. But our walk and talk challenge is about all of those things. And that it really developed out of how I got through Mark's death. And I walked every single day. I put my AirPods in and I would head down to Lake Michigan and I would talk out loud. And I did a shoulder check to make sure, you know, who was on my left shoulder, who was on my right. It was really nice during COVID when I had a mask on and I'm moving my lips and no one can see me, but I didn't care. And I talked to him and I asked him questions. I asked him to clarify. I told him I love him. I still walk down to Lake Michigan every single day. I mean, it takes a tundra, a rainstorm, a monsoon to keep me out of that because that is how I clear my head for the day. And that is how I get my conversation in with Mark. And I do challenge all of you. I nominate people on our Instagram account every week when I go out on these walks, but I challenge you to nominate yourself and nominate others. Just hashtag walk and talk challenge, tag UTSS charity, tag Amy Carthizer design. We'd love to share your videos with everyone out there knowing that we've got all these people behind us supporting this challenge. I think it's honestly one of the best things you can do for your own mental health. And like I said, grab a friend who's maybe suffering as well and get them out of their element. And you'd be amazed. I mean, there are studies on what 5, 10, 15 minutes outside in fresh air can literally do to you. And it's free and it's, and it's stigma free. free. And it's stigma free. That's, That's right. right. You don't have to talk out loud like me. So you, people don't hey, but think I'm telling you, I, I get it. I think that it is different to verbalize things yeah, than it, it is to say it in your head. Yeah. People journal, right? So that's their way of verbalizing on paper. Right. I'm not a journaler. I want to be. It's just never been my thing. And I think you need to find your thing. And this is my thing. This works for me. I'm not afraid to talk out loud. I still do a shoulder check here and there, but I have my AirPods on. Maybe people think I'm singing a song and I don't really care anymore. No, um, right. I don't I care. Just, either. It brings me peace. And yeah. if that's how I start my day every day and I can go in because you got it. I mean, you got to keep moving, right? One step in front of the other every day. And if that's what it takes for me to keep moving, I'll do it. Yeah. It's, I think it's the impact of the family I heard this a long time ago, and it's it's not what happens to you, it's how you deal with it, mm -hmm. right? And so I have not dealt with that particularly well for a long time, which is why I admire you, because you have done a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of leading, a lot of planning and working to raise awareness about mental health issues and suicide prevention in particular. And, you know, I mean, my hat's off to you, it really is. I'm tickled to death to have you on. Oh, well, I'm so appreciative that you did this. I appreciate you inviting me on. It's my pleasure to talk about it. I, you know, there's a, there's a saying at American Foundation for Suicide Prevention that talk saves lives. And I believe in that. And I believed it from the first day that Mark died. And I never shied away from telling people how my brother died. And that means that some people 
were uncomfortable and didn't talk to me any longer. But I believe it that talk saves lives from people who have mental illness. They need to talk about it. And I believe it also saves those who are survivors by talking about it as well. You know, it's funny. I'm that 57-year-old knucklehead that got <laughs> his first tattoos. And, and I'm like, I can't wait to tell people, right? Just can't wait. <laughs> I'm like, I'm obnoxious. And, and having this big semicolon on my forearm has created more conversations around yes. mental illness. And, and I think that's magical. And, than I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And I've had so many people, it's created so many conversations. And my wife was not in love with this idea and you know her well. And, yeah. and she, and I said, look, this is the point. And after I posted this video, I got hundreds of supportive comments. And I'll be real honest with you. I thought there's a fighting chance here that I blow my business up oh. to this, to smithereens by doing this. Once I got the in my head to say it publicly what was going on, I felt like I couldn't not do it. Right. right. I, it was, you know, Carrie was concerned and, you know, and I feel the same way about this. And whatever you think about getting the tattoos, <laughs> it has done a lot of good. A lot of good conversations That's have great. come up as a result. It takes a lot of courage for you to a get them, believe them <laughs> and then share it with the world. But I've got one, too. I told you that the year after my brother died, my youngest sister designed it. And no one would have ever believed that I would get a tattoo. I mean, anyone who knows me. And it is a conversation starter. And I put it on the inside of my left wrist so that I could see it every day and I could be reminded of it. And I also put it there so other people would see it. I was going to say that because it sticks out the bottom of your sleeve. Yeah, it's not in the, it's not on my back. It's, right. you know, it's, it's in a location that people are going to see it. And it has started many conversations. Some people laughed at me, but then as soon as they hear, you know, the story behind it, they kind of stop laughing. Yeah. But it is one of my favorite things. And again, would have never occurred to me or crossed my mind to get a tattoo before this happened. And I am so happy that I have it for so many reasons now. Yeah, it's good. I really appreciate you being on. Uh, it's uh, a pleasure to, I mean, you know, it really is. You're a rock star. You're yeah. a rock star. You're doing good work, meaningful work. And, you know, you also, I mean, your day job, you do interior design at the highest levels, oh, Amy Carthizer design. So Amy, thanks for being on. Oh, thank you, Stuart. I, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate this, especially with it being Mental Health Awareness Month. And I appreciate you and say hi to Carrie. I'll do it. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening. This is Stuart Foley, and this is the insuranceaum.com podcast. Mm -hmm.